sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And good afternoon. It is time for Fantasy Sports Today with you here on SportsGrid. I am Craig Mish. We'll bring in Joe Pizzapia in just a minute. Lots to get to here on the show today. Of course, a huge night last night in the NBA with LeBron James and the Lakers taking a commanding lead in their series. We're getting word today. Yet another top prospect in baseball and in fantasy baseball getting set for his major league debut. And arguably one of the best players in baseball is back off the injured list. So we'll start there this afternoon. Joe Pizzapia, Craig Mish, follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid. We're here for you every day, noon to 2 Eastern. Joe, good afternoon. Great to see you again. Good afternoon, sir. And yes, big day for the Braves here, getting their big star Acuna back. And also Ian Anderson making his debut, somebody that Craig Mish has been very high on for a very long time. Not the easiest first assignment. It's not the perfect Yankees lineup. They're missing a lot of superstars, but there's some guy named Garrett Cole on the other side. I don't know if you're familiar with him, so it could be a tough first outing, but a debut nonetheless and one to be excited about for uh, fantasy baseball circles for sure. Yeah, for sure. Ian Anderson, uh, arguably their top pitching prospect in the minors and has been for a couple of years. They played it slow with him. No question, but the time is now and teams are fighting for the postseason. One of those teams, the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, had a good night last night. We're going to focus in on them coming up in just a little bit. But let's start off with the top stories in fantasy and the top stories in reality here on this Tuesday, the 25th of August. And the Lakers did dominate the Blazers last night. 135 to 115. Portland won the first game. It has not looked anything like that since. LeBron had 30 points. Uh, Lakers probably going to win this thing now because, as you can see here, the Blazers could be without Damian Lillard, who had an MRI, which was inconclusive. He's going to get a second opinion. If he misses any games at all, that's it for the Blazers. And, of course, a lot of people thought the Lakers would win this series easily anyway, and it looks like they may end up doing that. Uh, Miami Heat pick up the first sweep of the NBA playoffs in the bubble, 4-0, and they take care of the Pacers. A little disappointing, I would say, from Indiana's perspective. They didn't really play close in any of the games that they played Miami, and they advanced to the East semifinals, and guess who they will end up matching up with? The uh, likely team, the Milwaukee Bucks. Tough, tough matchup for Miami. We'll see that matchup between Bam and uh, Giannis. Should be a good one there. Uh, Usain Bolt, test positive for COVID-19. Bolt had a party over the weekend and it was his birthday, and he admitted that they weren't wearing masks. And now, of course, he's uh, saying that that was a bad idea. Yes, that's right. It was a bad idea for Usain Bolt. He's got COVID-19. Uh, but again, he's saying that he's okay, at least for the time being. Uh, Albert Pujols moves into second place on the all-time RBI list. Wow, it's crazy to think that Albert Pujols has a shot to break that record. We'll touch on that fantasy reality coming up a little bit later in the program. And then late yesterday, college football announced that they are going on as planned with their college football playoff, which would mean four teams get in. Of course, the main conferences, some of them are playing. Some of them are not. We still don't have complete clarity on that. Unfortunately, this weekend would be the opening weekend for college football, but it is not. They're starting in September, but at the very least, a lot of teams from the SEC and ACC have played for that championship over the last few years, and those two conferences have said they are going to play football coming up this fall. So that's where we'll start off today on the show. Joe. Yeah, well, there's a lot going on there. I'd like to spend a little time on Albert Pools, if I may, because the names on the list around him are stunning. It's Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron. 
It's surprisingly even Alex Rodriguez, which I guess is not surprising, but uh, once again, an incredible career for A-Rod. And Pujols is still going. Cap Anson, Lou Gehrig, Stan Musial. I mean, these are the names that are on the plaques in Cooperstown. These are the names that are legendary. And to think that we are watching a player who is going to finish in that same realm of legendary names all time in not just RBI, but also a lot of other categories as well. It's really incredible. Not only the the peak of Albert Pujols, but the longevity too, because this is a guy that certainly doesn't need to keep playing for the money. He's made enough money, so he's playing because he loves the game. And uh, it's exciting to watch a guy uh, of this caliber continue to chase these records at this stage in his career. Uh, I've always been a big Albert Pujols fan. I'll never forget the first time I saw this guy in person about, I don't know, 25 feet away from me taking batting practice. And I thought, oh, my God, this guy is just in a whole different universe. And you appreciate this because you know these complexes, the Cardinals and the Marlins used to share that complex there right down in Florida. And he was hitting balls from one complex into the other complex. And I was just sitting there in awe of the power and the sound of the bat. So congratulations, Albert Pools, as you continue to chase history. Yeah, and it's interesting that when a player is so good, but he's playing at the end of his career, he sort of falls under the radar a little bit. And part of that, of course, is because the Angels are off to a dreadful start in 2020 and, and far worse than anybody could have predicted with them being one of the worst teams in the American League. And honestly, at this stage of Pujols' career, he's sort of playing it out because of the contract that he has. That doesn't take away anything from the great career that he's, ha- that he's had. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, maybe potentially a unanimous Hall of Famer. And it's very hard mm. to say that because somebody didn't vote for Derek Jeter, so somebody probably won't vote <laughs> for Albert Pujols. Uh, but at the very least, he's he's accomplished everything possible in the game. Uh, the other part of yesterday that I want to dive into today Uh, Joe is specifically on LeBron James, who at this stage is the the most watched uh, television of anybody in the NBA. Uh, I I, I wonder from your perspective, Joe, does LeBron James need to be at the very least in the Western Conference Finals this year to hold attention for people who are following Mm -hmm. the NBA? Because I feel like the games have been great, but he is the star among stars. And for me, I'm not. I don't have any rooting interest between LA and Portland, but I think LA needed to beat Portland and beat them pretty soundly to go on to the next round. Yeah, and welcome to our radio audience here on Sports Grid, uh, listening to FST. I think you might be right. I think you do need LeBron in that finals. And we talked last week about when the Lakers are going to flip the switch. Well, it looks like the switch has been flipped. And I actually do think LeBron needs to be in there from a rating standpoint. I think the NBA wants it as well. So we'll see what happens. All right, coming up next, we dive back into some baseball. And some fantasy baseball. We'll find out who stood out in fantasy on a light schedule of Major League Baseball on Monday night. We'll be right back here on Fantasy Sports Today. This is SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It was a light night in baseball and in fantasy baseball as teams days off in the 2020 season seems to be a lot of Mondays, which would include yesterday. It also will include next Monday, which ironically is the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Of course, we'll have a full preview and show on that coming up on the 31st of August. But before we move ahead, let's move back, Joe, and touch on some of the fantasy standouts from Monday night. A little bit of a light night, so of course we're not going to have those three or four home run games and maybe no shutouts or anything like that, but we do have some players to touch on, Joe, so let's get right to it. 
Absolutely. Uh, one of them is a guy that uh, continues to roll, by the way, uh, pitcher in Houston, who is not Justin Verlander, but all of a sudden pitching like an ace for the last few weeks. He is. All right. So here we go. Let's start off with uh, Javier Baez of the Chicago Cubs, who has three hits, two home runs, five on the season now and three runs driven in. Uh, Baez was the only player uh, last night in Major League Baseball to hit two home runs in one game. Uh, Kyle Tucker of the Houston Astros. Finally, here it is. Kyle Tucker has arrived. (laughs) He's playing every day. He's tripling. He's homering. He's stealing bases. And he got two hits yesterday and hit his fifth home run of the season. Uh, As you mentioned, Framber Valdez. I mean, all of a sudden, maybe the Astros have found yet another pitcher because Valdez was okay last year, but a lot of people thought that Jose Urquidy would end up being the guy. Not this year. Framber, seven innings pitched, four earned runs, 11 strikeouts, and he also won to improve to 3-0 and on the season. Uh, Lance Lynn of the Texas Rangers, six innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs, eight strikeouts. He improves to 4-0 and on the year. Lance Lynn, uh, I would say probably that Shane Bieber is the favorite for the Cy Young. If he does not win it, uh, Lance Lynn is right there, too. If you're holding a ticket for him somehow to win the Cy Young, hang on to that one. Don't get rid of that just yet. Uh, Miami, Jonathan VR uh, picked up two more hits yesterday and uh, scored two runs. And uh, also, he uh, stole his eighth base of the season. Juan Soto uh, got four hits yesterday. He also scored a run and drove in a run as well. And so, Joe, a huge day uh, for Juan Soto with four hits, but also uh, Jonathan VR leads the major leagues in stolen bases. And I know that he's also been caught a few times, so it just sort of depends on the league that you're in, but a great start for him uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll say this. uh, We talked about Lance Lynn yesterday on the show as our cash game arm, and it was not the easiest matchup, right? It was against Oakland, who's been very good. And you know what? He outdueled Lazardo and he got the W, and this is what we're talking about. Uh, look, the guy just deserves a lot more respect than he's been given, unfortunately. And I think at this point, after last season and this run in 2020, I think it's time that everybody kind of get on board with this and understand that Lance Lynn has been quite good. Uh, Framber Valdez, another guy, you know, last week we tempted fate and he pitched well in Colorado. Now he throws down 11 Ks and it couldn't come at a better time for the Houston Astros to be stepping forward. And it could be uh, at a better time, uh, Houston Astros rotation that doesn't have Justin Verlander and doesn't have a steady Lance McCullers. For Amber Valdez has been the rock. If you can believe it, look at him go 11 K's and look, is it going to hold forever? Possibly not. But right now in 2020, you're just riding the wave. If anybody's out there healthy and getting the job done, you keep riding this wave. Unless somebody's going to overpay you in a trade with somebody who's really proven, forget about it. And one more note, too. Javier Baez is just 2.9K tonight in a good matchup. Uh, Keep an eye on that. That's a really good fan duel salary. That's a guy that you want to get in some lineups tonight. He's hot. Uh, Baseball is a game of streaks. We all know that. And if you can get a guy who's on a hot streak at a good price, kind of like last week with Jose Abreu, who's just 3K. And now all of a sudden tonight, he's 4 Guess what? Same thing with Javier Baez as he heats up. He's just 2.9 right now. Get in while the getting is good. And Craig... You know, I sense a little bit in your voice of of relief and frustration about Kyle Tucker simultaneously. Do you think this is for real? Like, are we finally seeing the the outbreak, the breakout, as it were, of Kyle Tucker? He's too good to not. He's too good to not. He just never has gotten the opportunity before, and he's seeing it now. So I definitely feel like this is his shot for sure. Whether he can make the most of it, 
and play every day and hit every day remains to be seen. But Joe, in the last week, nobody's been hotter. So great, great to see him getting at bats finally. Uh, also in a game last night, really interesting to hear uh, Mike Schilt, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, thoughts on this great start for Paul Goldschmidt. Let's also keep in mind, the Cardinals have played less games than anyone else. And Goldschmidt's numbers, if you extrapolate them over the rest of basically Major League Baseball schedule, would be leading in almost every category. Uh, a funny comparison that Schilt made last night uh, to Paul Goldschmidt is actually Tim Duncan of the San Antonio Spurs, who was once upon a time called the Big Fundamental. Yeah, that's a great comparison. He is the Big Fundy. I've heard some of that. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, those, those teams were really good when the playoffs a lot of years in a row, 22, I think. And, you know, Tim Duncan was an anchor for that anchor of that team and the fundamentally based team. So it's, um, I like the comparison. And, and, look, and, Joe, you look at the numbers for Paul Goldschmidt this season, and, you know, I never really thought of that, that he's just sort of like this boring player that just does everything right, comes close to winning MVPs, hits 30 home runs, gets on base close to 40% of the time. But the numbers this year, Joe, staggering. 50% on base so far in 57 at-bats, 21 for 57, 368, three home runs, eight runs driven in, and OPS over 1,000. The one thing that Goldie's not doing anymore as much as stealing bases, and I think that you're just going to have to live with that. But beyond that, in a tough season to try and find somebody who's going to be consistent and hit for you in fantasy, Goldschmidt could close in on one of the top first basemen in fantasy this year. He's playing like it right now. Yeah, look, I thought going in, he was still one of the top first basemen in fantasy. The the decline of Paul Goldschmidt was vastly overrated. I don't know what people were thinking about. Look, last year was a transition year for a guy. It, you know, we think of these players as stats only, but they're human beings, and we have to kind of shake ourselves a little bit and remind ourselves that they are. When you transition to a new city with big-time expectations, I think in a big-time contract, I think there's a lot to take in there, and you see players sometimes struggle with that. Look, their families are relocating. They're relocating, especially baseball players like most athletes are creatures of habit. When they're in a different routine in a new place, it sometimes takes a little while for everything to kind of jive and sink in. Well, guess what? It's sunk in already. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt looks like Paul Goldschmidt of old. And no, you cannot look for the stolen bases anymore with Paul Goldschmidt because that's where he is in his career. And as guys get into their 30s, you know, people who are once 15 stolen base guys, you start to see them dwindle into the single digits and then it disappears altogether. And that's perfectly fine. You keep that OPS, Paul Goldschmidt, over a thousand. I will give up all the stolen bases that you used to give me. Just keep that OPS around a thousand. And I am going to be a very, very happy fantasy owner of Paul Goldschmidt without a doubt. And look, He's in a great spot where you know the fan base is going to always support. That's what St. Louis is about. So the fact that he had some struggles last year, it helps when you have a fan base that isn't going to get on a guy. And look, look how he's responding this year. Out of the gate, incredibly strong, and it's going to be really important because they're going to have to lean on Goldschmidt. This is going to be a very tough run here the next few weeks for the Cardinals trying to make up these games. So great for Paul Goldschmidt getting out of the gate hot and great for fantasy value too because I'll tell you, I did not like all the negativity surrounding Paul Goldschmidt coming into this year. Oh, he's in decline. Oh, he's finished. What are you, crazy? It was just a transition year. Get over it. Still plenty of good baseball left for Paulie G. Yeah, and this year, no doubt, off to a great start. And hopefully, those of you who are playing in season-long fantasy leagues understood that because of all of the missed games for the Cardinals, they're going to have to make a ton up. And if somebody by some chance was willing to give you this player or any of the other viable players on the Cardinals, 
you're going to end up getting counting stats that are way ahead of some of the other teams because they have to play, I believe it is seven double headers between now and the end of the season. Uh, Miami has to play six as well. And and listen, you can say what you want about Miami's team too. There's some viable players and, and maybe some that you don't want, but Goldschmidt clearly at the top of the list uh, amongst those players too. So great ads, I would say on, uh, on St. Louis's side, no question about that. Okay. Uh, Fantasy football is coming very quickly, and training camp is underway. What we're doing every day here on the show, because we essentially don't have a lot of video and a lot of audio to see and talk about because of the way that training camps are basically operating this year, is we have to read between the lines a little bit. And so we have a segment that we call Smoke or Fire, and coming up next here on Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports today, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper. Today we have three sets of running backs in fantasy. One that had a breakout season last year, another that didn't break out at all, and a third that some people think could end up being one of the top running backs in not just reality, but fantasy football in 2020. Are we willing to take that step with any of these three guys? Is it smoke or fire? We'll have the answer for you next right here on Sports Grid and Fantasy Sports Today, right after the update and the tip drill. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Much smaller. NBA Slate. What's going on, Jeremy? Not too much. We got a pretty straightforward two-game slate this evening. The first two-game slate of the season for the playoffs. Yeah, two series are completed, both on the same day, which means, well, the NBA is sticking to their schedule, which means we have two games tonight, one at 6.30 and one at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you're not touching the one that's at 6.30. So let's get into the one at 9 o'clock. It's the Clippers and it's the Mavericks. This is the series that I think everybody has their eye on most. The series is 2-2 right now. Luka Doncic is heroics in game number four, as everybody's talking about Doncic. And the Dallas Mavericks, Los Angeles Clippers as well. So let's begin at the point guard spot where you're going with a point guard, but not the guy you're going with quite a bit, which is in uh, Los Angeles. Instead, we are going to Dallas. We're going with Trey Burke priced at $4,400 tonight. Right now, we are operating under the assumption that Kristaps Porzingis will be out, which will move Burke into the starting lineup. If he's into the starting lineup, he will play 32 minutes where he's averaging about one FanDuel point per minute. So that easily presents him at value. However, your pivot is back to Reggie Jackson, as Greg alluded to earlier, if Kristaps Porzingis is starting. So please keep an eye on the injury news. Remember, you get that late swap available for you on FanDuel. KP, a game-time decision with Carlisle saying, hey, it's the same as Luka. Go right up to game time. Just so you know, Doncic did, of course, obviously, play in game four. We'll see about KP in game five, who did not play, of course, in this last game. With the late swap available, you can go down to Reggie Jackson, $4,200 tonight on FanDuel. Speaking of Luka Doncic, let's get to the shooting guard spot. That's where you're going with Doncic. He's priced at $11,000, and rightfully so. He's really, really good. Highest priced player on the slate, even more than Kawhi tonight. It's Doncic, and you're going with he is higher priced than Kawhi tonight, and rightfully so. He is the player that has the most upside. And the reason for that is because there's uncertainty around Kristaps Porzingis. So if Kristaps is out, 
what you're gonna see is a much higher ceiling on Donkic. Either way, he's a must start at this position, particularly on a two game slate. There's no way to fade him, period. Yeah, it's just two games taking place. Fading Doncic is very, very silly. No matter if it's a cash game, no matter if it's a tournament, you're not going to be able to win without that upside and that floor. Luka Doncic is locked and loaded into our lineups. We mentioned that Kawhi is only the second highest priced player behind Doncic, but he's also in your lineup tonight. First time you're putting the two highest priced players on a slate into your lineups, and you're doing that here with Kawhi, who's priced at $10,400 for the Clippers this evening. Yeah, I'm not sure if this tends to be more contrarian or not. He's going to be lower owned than Donkic. However, you know, at the end of the day, he's carrying the bulk of the load for the Clippers. Paul George has not been playing well throughout the series. So this does give him a little bit of a higher upside in addition to the high floor. So again, I think that he's likely to hit value at this position, but I do consider this a riskier move than paying down. It's interesting because you never think about it like that, right? Like this is riskier than paying down, which is kind of crazy. Taking Kawhi is riskier. But as you described before, when it came to Anthony Davis, for instance, that when you are spending a ton of money, he has to reach such a high floor for it to be worth it. We'll see if Kawhi can get there this evening. Sticking to the Clippers, we move on to power forward. Marcus Morris is your choice at $5,300 tonight. Power forward's obviously going to struggle without the Lakers here. There's nowhere really to go. Michael Porter Jr. is kind of being your guy uh, on these nights, but instead you're going to Marcus Morris here. Uh, why fading MPJ? To be perfectly honest with you, the Nuggets are really messing around with their minutes rotation. They can't get into a groove, so it's very difficult to understand how all of the Nuggets are going to fit into the puzzle this evening. So this is why I'm going with somebody that I'm comfortable who will be close to hitting value. He's probably going to play around 30 minutes. And again, this is another player that's close to one FanDuel point per minute. So for me, it's all about just getting value at this position because to be honest, it's a toss-up. Yeah, over his last two games, Michael Porter Jr. has had a combined 26 FanDuel points, 15 minutes of action in Game 3, 23 minutes of action in Game 4. It's going the right way, but it's not reliable. Marcus Morris should be safer tonight. Finally, we get to the center spot, and this has also been a, a little bit of a challenge here. We've gone with Nikola Jokic, we've gone with Rudy Gobert, we've gone with Jared Allen with the Nets, we're still in it. Tonight, we're going with Avica Zubat! He's in the lineup tonight, $4,600. Zubats, your man, this evening. Why uh, go with a big man out there in LA? So I'm looking for value. I obviously have to pay down going with Kawhi and Donkic. So he's getting more minutes right now than Harold still. So at a cheaper price point, and he's good, probably gonna play around 22 to 23 minutes. That puts him very close to one Fanduel point per minute. He's an easy candidate to hit the threshold that I'm looking for. By paying down and going to a guy that is guaranteed around 20 minutes, even if he comes up short, he still provides you what you, you know, close to what you need, rather than a big player coming up short and really crushing you. Uh, obviously, you're just, it's a little bit safer, oddly enough, going with that value play over the high price, higher price guy like Nikola Jokic or Rudy Gobert, which is kind of the challenge on FanDuel, which is what makes it fun. Jeremy Stein, we appreciate the time. Good luck tonight. Thanks. Have a good one. Absolutely two fun games tonight. Where are we putting the guys in the lineup for one of them? It's all right. 
We'll still be paying attention. 6.30 p.m. Eastern when this slate kicks off. For Jeremy Stein, I'm Greg Sussman. Whole lot more to do tomorrow. We hope you'll join us. Enjoy the games tonight. See you back here tomorrow for another edition of the NBA's Hip Trail. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Thanks again to Greg and Jeremy. Huge game tonight in the NBA. Porzingis doesn't play. Uh, Completely changed the dynamic again for Dallas, so we'll see what Luka has in store. I'll be watching that game tonight for sure. Uh, Before we get back to uh, a little NFL, Joe, it's uh, interesting to see that College Game Day announced that they are going to be traveling on the road this season on Saturdays before all the games begin, which is the rite of passage for a lot of college football fans very early in the morning on Saturday. Of course, with no fans there in the background to hold up the signs and do all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. nonetheless, College Game Day uh, on ESPN says that they will be traveling this season. So as we push more toward the college football season, this appears to be something that's going to happen. So we'll keep our fingers crossed on that, I guess. Yeah, it seems like they're slowly trying to make some headway and make some push here. And uh, it's another big piece. I know it sounds kind of silly because it's a media piece, but still, if they're confident enough to go out on the road, it tells you they're confident there's going to be football to cover, right? I, I guess so. I hope so. But I'll uh, you know I'll keep my fingers crossed on that. I'm not sure yet, but uh, we'll see. Okay, um, let, let's get back to the NFL a little bit and get back to our segment where we talk about the things that are being talked about at camp and see if we really believe them or not. That's basically what this is called, smoke or fire. Let's start off with Kenyon Drake of the Arizona Cardinals. And here is the quote. Uh, he was in a walking boot. And around this time last, time, uh, last summer also, just trying to stay consistent LOL, no worries, I'm good. This is Kenyon Drake via his Twitter. He was in a walking boot on Monday. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury said just precautionary. Did not answer any other questions on the topic of Drake's injury, Joe. And so there are some people who feel that this is a big breakout season coming for Kenyon Drake. You actually can't find a lot of people who have said that he'll be a bust or anything of the sort. Except for the guy that you're looking at right here, because that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm I'm just not in on the player at all. And it has to just go back, as I've said many times before, with my experience of knowing what went on here in Miami. Uh, A lot of people held Adam Gase accountable for Drake. This is the one player that I will not. But needless to say, I would say that it's smoke for me on the injury, because it's probably legit. He's probably fine. But he is just not someone that's going to be on any of my fantasy teams this year. Well, I'll tell you what, I am a Kenyon Drake guy, and I did like him last year, and I was so happy when he got traded, and he had some really good games in a very good offense, but I'm worried about this. He can pretend it's smoke all you want. A walking boot's a walking boot, so I'm going to put some fire on this, tell you the truth, and if it's between him and Josh Jacobs on the board right now, which is pretty much where you're looking, I'm going to take Josh Jacobs because he's healthy. I mean, period, end of story right now, so I think you should be slightly concerned. I don't care if he says, oh, it's nothing, whatever. Walking boot's a walking boot last time I checked. And I'll remember a lot of precautionary walking boots. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, fair enough. I, I just, I don't like the player in particular. So um, <laughs> I, know you I have more bias. So I got you. And yeah, it's just, there, there's nothing that anybody could do to convince me to draft the player in 2020. It's not going to happen. Sure. Uh, and, and this next player too, by the way. Uh, okay. So this is David Montgomery of the Chicago bears, who was a stud in college and was just, Difficult to watch last year. I'll say that's being nice about him last year. 
Uh, quote, I was a lot slower than I knew I was capable of moving at, and it affected the game. I kind of let myself get in the way of myself as far as what I ate last year. Oh, great. Thanks for letting us know now know this, Joe. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> David Montgomery, the Chicago Bears, said he slimmed down over the offseason. So last year it was okay to eat a lot. This year it's not. Go ahead. Take David Montgomery this year. He's slimmed down, Joe. You're well, all in. What. He's going right now as a flex running back. I think as a flex running back, the amount of volume he gets, the lack of competition he has for carries, he's going to have well over 250 again this year. He is going to be the guy at the goal line. And I think when you look back at last year, I understand the narrative is, well, the Bears can't be any worse. Not so sure. They could be worse. It, it's that possible. They could be even worse. However, I think as a rookie last year, I, I'm happy to see Montgomery taking responsibility for a disappointing season. And I also think from a volume standpoint, as a flex RB, you could do worse than Montgomery. The ceiling isn't high, but I think the floor in terms of volume is enough that as a flex RB, you could do worse than Montgomery. So I'm going to say there's a little fire here. I'm glad he's taken some responsibility for what he looks like and what he's eating. No no more no more little Debbies for, uh, for David Montgomery. Yeah, he's he'll be a huge bust this year in fantasy. I mean, he was already a huge bust last year. He's going to be he'll be a bigger bust than Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake will have a better year than David Montgomery will this year. I was that that was a huge huge disappointment for me with him. Now, there's a lot going on in NFL training camps around the league, and there is a guy who knows a lot about that because he represents a lot of the clients around the league. His name is David Cantor of DEC Management, and coming up next He has a handful of teams that he believes are legitimately getting good buzz, and it is legitimate because the players that he represents are telling him so. So he'll join us next, and we'll discuss that. Also, a little bit later in the show, will the Toronto Blue Jays prove that this is the year that they're ready to jump back into postseason contention? We'll dive into those numbers. But next, fantasy football talk with agent David Cantor. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, we're inching closer to the 2020 NFL season, a couple of weeks away from Thursday. And who better to talk about with the opening of the season, everything that's going on in training camp, the super agent David Cantor, DEC management. He's negotiated some of the biggest deals in the history of professional football. And we're going to check in with David today. It's been a while since we have, so good time to catch up and see what's going on around the NFL. David, great to see you again. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right, uh, David, let's start off with the news that we got yesterday out of South Florida, and maybe you can tell us if you think that this will be repeated by a lot of other teams around the country. The Miami Dolphins announced that they're going to be allowing fans in the stands at a very limited capacity, and certainly we've heard uh, the Dallas Cowboys is having a possibility of that as well. We saw comments from the Buffalo Bills head coach, Sean McDermott, wondering about an even playing field. And so I'm sure you have contact with a lot of teams around the NFL. Do you think Miami will be alone in allowing fans or will there be others? Oh, definitely not alone. I think that as you start to see the numbers come down, hopefully across the country for COVID-19 and the infection rates decline and obviously, therefore, the death mortality rate decline, you're going to see teams want to open up. And I think that everybody across the league is incredibly encouraged. I can't stress how encouraged they all are that we've been able to really create individual team bubbles across the league in 32 different cities 
and really bring down the number of infected and the number of positive cases. And obviously, this that could all change in an instant. But the Kansas City Chiefs had a scrimmage, uh, open stadium scrimmage, where they put fans in pods. They sold. They had pre-organized tickets where they had to get scanned. There was a mandatory mask requirement. They had distancing at the cashiers for the different checkouts, whether it's the beer line or concession stand for a hot dog. And I think that 13,000 for South Florida and probably close to 20, 25,000 for maybe some of the bigger stadiums will become more of the norm for this season. And then it's going to be, and I think I've said this on your show before, it's going to be a week-to-week, day-to-day thing. We're going to always have, as you saw with baseball, we're going to have issues. There's going to be flare-ups. There's going to be teams that are going to maybe have to go without their best player for a game or two or maybe one game or even a couple days of practice. Um, But we've got a lot of guys coming off the COVID-19 list. We've got more and more teams having full participants at practice. And now you're getting into the regular football kind of injuries, not the COVID-19 sickness type injuries. And so, God willing, we're able to have a full season with some fans in the stands. Again, I don't see any point in time this year you're going to have a stadium with 100,000. I I don't I don't see that being realistic, Craig. I think you're looking at. Minimal, minimal attendance and starting to let a smattering scattering of people back in the stadiums. Um, and I think that that's going to be the best thing for our league going forward until we can get a real grasp on this illness. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Uh, you know, when right before training camp started, we had you on and you said something that I think that really, you know, is, is now I, I think being brought home here is the fact that we're getting very limited information from a lot of the teams uh, a lot of teams are not allowing the beat writers to tweet during the practices, so we have to wait until after to sort of get those reactions. And you at the time said we're going to have to sort of pay really close attention to some of those reports that are coming out. And essentially, with the amount of great players that you have around the league, I'm guessing you're doing the same thing. So I guess from our fantasy perspective, David, how much of, of what we're seeing should I be believing? Should I look at who is tweeting, if it's a team source or if it's a beat writer? Because yeah. normally we get to see preseason, we get to see sure. the scrimmages, at least we get a little bit of a feel. We're all going off what others are saying. Should we? I think you have to because that's the information that we have, right? At the same time, if you're a fantasy player, and obviously most of the people watching this show are, or you're playing daily fantasy for money, You definitely want to stick with what you know. Go with the known commodities in this sport. Go with the guys you know that year in and year out have delivered time and time again on Saturdays, Sundays, and Mondays, and Thursday nights. And I think that listening to a beat reporter tell you, hey, Joe Schmo, an undrafted free agent, the 13th wide receiver on the 13-man wide receiver depth chart, is having the most incredible practices of all time. You probably have to take that with a grain of salt, and maybe he's your 80th guy you draft, but he's certainly not in your top five or 10 rounds. And therefore, I think you got to go with the known entities, the known commodities, the quarterbacks that have been consistent, the high fantasy point scorers. And obviously, when those guys are gone, Go to the veteran guys that you know, one, immediately they, they got to know the system, right? We're in a right. much more condensed time. My biggest complaint that I'm getting from my guys is how much time each day is. They are spending an unbelievable amount of time because it's a condensed training camp, because it's a shorter window. And so for the back end guys on the roster, maybe players 42 to 53, there's just not as many opportunities to get reps in practice. There's not as many opportunities to get seen by the coaches. And I think a lot of teams will probably go into next week 
as like that preseason week, the fourth preseason game, and you'll see a lot of veteran days off. You'll see guys start getting rested as we get closer and closer to opening day. That's true, David. And the other thing that you you talked about, you alluded to at the beginning of the interview, is the non-COVID-related injuries. We've seen some of them already, and so I guess that I would just ask you from a concern point of view. As a fantasy player, we had A.J. Green, who looks like he's coming back on the field. He's missed a full year. Miles Sanders, who is on the Philadelphia Eagles, and I know that he's supposed to have a great year, but he was called week to week or month to month, sort of a bizarre injury there. And then I think the most important one is over the last few days, and again, there's been canceled practices and everything because of those false positives, but uh, Lamar Jackson. And I know that none of those none of those players in particular are your clients, David, but uh, you know, all, all we're doing is basically reading the same reports uh, as everybody else out there. Sure. Do you think that there's higher level of concern for any of the na- uh, players that I just mentioned? I would say those three guys specifically, no. I mean, Lamar's already back at practice today. Miles, from what I'm hearing and reading and talking to people that are in the building, seems like he's having, you know, good, strong days. And the key to football is that your fantasy lineup, just like every other sport, changes every game every week. And so it's the type of thing for the fantasy players. Keep monitoring it. I would try, again, this is just me personally, I would push my draft off as late as possible. Sure. And try to not have it until that Monday or Tuesday before opening night Thursday. I think the opening night is the Chiefs are playing, is it the Texans, I think? Yes. So you've got two superstar dynamic high draft picks at fantasy quarterback with Mahomes, who I would imagine will be many people's number one, and Deshaun Watson, who won't be that far behind. And then obviously you've got with the trades, now David Johnson's on the Texans. The Chiefs obviously had their starting running back opt out. You know, he's not playing this year. So weary of those kinds of things, right? Make sure that in your draft, because some of these websites don't really update, make sure that they've updated. Make sure that if you, God forbid, have to do auto draft, the, the great fantasy sin that I usually do by the 12th round because I get bored and I don't want to waste any more time doing a fantasy draft. You know, don't draft a guy that's not going to play this entire season because he opted out or because he's not in the league anymore. Don't pick Marshawn Lynch, guys. Don't pick <laughs> Great advice. There's great. my great advice for you. You probably just won your fantasy season. Right. Now, look, the, the best advice is definitely to draft later and later this year, not just with injuries, but with the COVID-related issues as well. All right, so now you can deliver something that no one else can to this show, which is basically give, giving us insight on all of the people that you talk to, David, around the league on a potential team or a player in particular that looks really good because we're you've read in between the lines and you speak sure. to the important people around the league. And it can be a team or a player, anyone out there, David, something that we should be keeping an eye on this week as we get closer to the opening of the NFL season. Give me that player or that team right now. I, I won't give you that player or that team, but I will tell you that for the umpteenth number of years, I think it's probably 50 years straight, everyone's talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Man, they must have a hype machine that Jerry and Steven just pay into that just generates so much hype and so much groundswell and so many people talking about this is going to be the greatest year ever for Dak and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and then you add Zeke to the mix and the tight ends and it's just going to be amazing with Mike McCarthy. And I would tell you that I'm a buyer to use stock per lance. 
because I represent a lot of players on the team. Sure. But I'm not all in on the Dallas Cowboys being the best team in pro football. I, I I would be willing to bet you that there are going to be some bumps in the road of having a new head coach, having a new offensive coordinator, having a new defensive coordinator, putting all those personalities because they have a lot of different unique personalities. But I am hearing directly from my clients on the defensive side of the ball, and I have a wide receiver in that room, that they do look fantastic. Again, that's them. I would not count out our local team, the Miami Dolphins. I've heard very, very strong things from my guys in the building, from my guys that work for the organization, just about how bonded and how tight the team is, how good the rooms are, how confident their different groups are. And they really, it's a completely different football franchise than it was last year, right? With all the pieces of the puzzle, you know, the only guys that you'll really recognize are Fitz and maybe Wilkins and a couple other smattering of guys, but they're Big, big, big high on Preston. They feel like he's having an unbelievable camp. They think he's a true number one in this in this sports business as a wide receiver. Obviously, they bring back number 11, who's in a contract year again. And the last time he was in a contract year, he had an unbelievable season in Devontae Parker. And then there's still pieces to the puzzle that are going to fit in. They've got multiple running backs. And I think that it always is better in the second year. Tua, I imagine, will play. I don't know if he'll play today, tomorrow, next week, next month, but he's going to see snaps. I heard Josh Rosen looks great, and obviously Fitz is Fitz. So the Dolphins are a team that I would not sleep on in the AFC East, certainly. I'm hearing amazing things out of Tampa. Uh, you know, and again, that's the easy road, right? Hey, it's Tom Brady. Hey, it's Bruce Arians. Hey, it's Gronk. But I'm hearing that their whole building just feels overwhelming confidence. Their defense feels overwhelming confidence. Obviously, they're returning a guy that had 19 sacks last year on the defensive side of the ball playing under the franchise tag. So he probably feels like he has a lot to prove. Um, And they have a very, very deep roster, if you didn't notice, over there in Tampa. The Saints are going to be strong. They're always strong. They've always been strong. I think the Falcons are going to have a very good, strong bounce-back year, partially because – they either win or they all get fired. And I right. think know that, right? <laughs> and, and we might have been there last season, too, where it was, hey, we got to win or we might get fired. But it'll be interesting to see how Todd Gurley fits in there and how he can stay healthy, you know, to go from a fantasy standpoint. Cleveland, another team, again, they always seem to have the crazy hype machine, Craig, that it's the Browns' year. I mean, Bernie Kozar and I joked about this a couple months ago. It's the Browns year every year, right? Right. Blowing up in their faces and everybody's fired by week eight. But I'm hearing Odell looks amazing. I'm hearing the defense looks really, really good. They've got some really unique pieces of the puzzle there. They made some cool free agent acquisitions. um, And I think that they're going to be a team to watch. Obviously, the Ravens are going to be great again. I, I, I think that getting rid of Earl Thomas is the best thing to happen in that organization because it's, it's addition by subtraction. I think that he was not a well-liked guy in the building. And I think that a lot of people think that'll hurt their defense, but I think that they thought he was declining last year and that they probably bought at the wrong time and paid him a lot of money for one year of service that had them lose Tennessee. It's always the Ryan Tannehill question, right? Like that's a team that beat the Ravens last year. Um, And then the 49ers and the chiefs, Strong again, you know, deep rosters, great coaching staffs, really strong buildings. My most exciting thing, and I know we don't have a lot of time left. Yeah, we got about a minute left. Not even. That's fine. My most, and I'll wrap. My most exciting division for me has got to be the NFC West. I mean, those four teams, if you love football, have to excite you. 
The Cardinals have got to be everybody's dark horse team, right? Another year in, they made a huge trade. The 49ers were just in the Super Bowl. Seattle's not going anywhere, right? They, they seem to be a team that every year is close and into it. And then the fourth team in that division, I think that you've got a really competitive, compelling division that is going to be serious battles on Sundays this season. All right, David, thank you again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Follow David Kander on Twitter. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Thank you. All right, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Every team in Major League Baseball will be on the field tonight for the first time since opening day. But don't get used to it because baseball announced that tomorrow the game between the Angels and Houston Astros has been postponed due to the incoming potential hurricane. So instead, there will be two games today between the Astros and Angels, and they'll make up the game tomorrow in September. That being said, let's get a look at today's DFS action and turn it over to Joe Pizapia, who seems to be very honed in on one game only, Joe, you are aware there are 14 <laughs> other games to be played today, just to be clear. Yes, yeah, I, they, that's what they tell me. They tell me there's a lot more games, but you know what? I don't care. Uh, and I always preach what I practice. So I'm telling you right now, it is a weird night, very top heavy pitching. Okay, you got Garrett Cole, you got Shane Bieber, and you got Lucas Giolito. And Giolito is the cheapest of them, and he has the best matchup against the Pirates, too. So for 10.4K against Pittsburgh, I think it's a lock, and a lock up the guys with him. Aloy Jimenez is still very cost effective at 3.4. He's got great. Uh, opportunity tonight against the left-handed Steven Brault and Carnacion, same thing, just 2.8. So that's the cheaper end of the stack. If you want to let go of Anderson and you want to let go of Abreu, you can go with Jimenez and Carnacion and Robert. They're all like 3-3-2-8-3-4 respectively. But I'm telling you right now, cash games is where you go tonight. If you want to take a cash game lineup and throw it in GPP, that's fine. But the GPP arms are very dangerous tonight. Marquez is tempting but dangerous. Uh, same thing could be said for Woodruff against the Reds. There's a lot of landmines out there tonight. And sometimes the way things all line up, you have to have the discipline of saying, okay, you know what? It's a cash game night. Maybe you take one of those cash game lineups, throw it in a tournament, see what happens. But for the most part, there isn't a really clear-cut fan duel option for cash game arm tonight, in my opinion, that you really feel good about. And when you have to start convincing yourself that it's a good option, it's not a good option. All right, so there you have it. Just focus on the White Sox tonight as they take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates, by the way, one of the hottest teams in baseball over the last few days. So we'll see if that trend continues or comes crashing down tonight as the White Sox take on the Pirates. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll recap our top story in fantasy, of course, in reality as well. We'll talk a little Toronto Blue Jays baseball fantasy and reality, find the best second baseman in fantasy potentially for the rest of the season. And then we're going to talk some fantasy football with Kate Magzuic, who's going to join us a little bit later on the show talking about some running backs and some wide receivers in fantasy. Hour two is straight ahead. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.